0: Produced at 3CR Community Radio in Melbourne and broadcast nationally on the Community Radio Network, I'm Areej Noor. On today's Women on the Line, I speak with founding editor of Ascension magazine, Sasha Sarago, about what it takes to build a magazine from scratch and why Ascension is so
1: important. My backup. Ascension is Australia's first Indigenous and ethnic women's lifestyle magazine. For me, as a person, I would say I'm a visionary and a healer through content. Ascension came to me into was it 2011. I was tired as a woman of color being invisible. I wanted to start a talent agency, but I just didn't feel that was viable. We don't even have representation in Australian media, so how is that going to work? I took some time out to think, oh, God, what's my passion? What makes my heart sing? And it came to me. It was beauty, fashion, culture. And the idea for the magazine came. I kept importing publications from overseas, to see my black self (laughs) looking beautiful, amazing, how to get hair tips, content that resonated with me. And I thought, this is crazy. We don't even have publications in Australia. So that's how Ascension came about. I was gonna make a magazine where we can celebrate our sisters, advertise our businesses, show the community that we live in on our own terms.
0: And you said that you, find it, you found it difficult to find yourself represented, right, as a woman of colour um, in the Australian media broadly, but specifically in like beauty and culture and lifestyle magazines. Firstly, why do you think that is? And I know this is a big question, but why do you think that there is actually very little space for women of colour um, in, within those spaces? But also, why is it important for you to be very heavily centering women of colour in your publication?
1: There's probably several reasons why we're not represented. And the most, I guess, largely common reason is the fact that a lot of media, traditional media, is run by middle-aged white men, um, big corporations that are white people. So, of course, you know, they're going to produce content that reflects them. And if they're not privy to other multicultural communities, they're not going to make that content or delve into those areas. So that's one of the major reasons. For me, I don't know. I want to get into my Malcolm X mode, but (laughs) they're not going to give us a platform if you're having the majority uh, ruling the world they're not going to leave the door open for someone to come in and go, well, this is what's really happening. Um, There's colonialism still rife, (laughs) you know, in our society and it's a problem. So that's, you know, a couple of reasons. And, you know, there is ignorance as well. I'll give you that third one where people just don't realise. And I have to say to myself, like, I'm ignorant in many ways. So I do understand that. If you're not exposed to, you know, different communities, you're not going to be open to what's really going on. You get one stream of media that's telling you this is, you know, how, what's happening with refugees or Indigenous people, and you, you soak that up as truth. People are becoming more socially conscious. They're choosing their media, which is fantastic. Um, So for women of colour, we're down the totem pole. (laughs) We don't even get a look in. So it's really important that we bring it to the forefront and go, look, I don't think you realise that this is a problem. And, of course, you're going to have people palming it off. But you just have to keep pumping them with it until, hey, it needs to be recognised you know, by any means necessary. Yeah.
0: <laughs> you spoke about the fact that representation is actually a really confusing experience in Australia. It's really jarring, to be honest. How do you see that space and see how exclusive the media is and then decide that, yeah, okay, so I'm going to do a dual magazine? How does that process even happen?
1: It happens from frustration. It, it really does boil down to that so tired of seeing ads where if you see a black person on that ad, they're either advertising for chocolate or coffee, you know, seeing an Asian sister, um, you know, being shot in front of a an Asian takeaway store, like, for real? <laughs> and, you know, really analysing on a day-to-day basis of how the majority sees us people of colour, that is a drive in itself, and for me personally, it's a passion being fascinated by different cultures you know, being a woman of color from diverse heritages that I don't know that's just what drives me to fight for representation and knowing that at the end of it I want to leave a legacy, I want to know that my nieces my nephew can feel strong in who they are. They're not defined by what they're advertising you know, modeling agencies and media pump out to them. And that's what's been lost. And it all comes back to colonization and and I see Ascension as a a form of decolonizing for us in a contemporary way here and today. And something that I wanted to make that makes our ancestors proud. You know, makes us reflect and go, is what I'm doing, what I'm representing going to make my ancestors proud of me and I didn't think that's been done in a a way like this in Australia for women's publication so it's a very exciting space Um, I'm very honored to take up that that task of doing that yeah and you mentioned representation. And
0: representation is really important, of course. Um, but the difference with Ascension is that it is self-representation, right? It is women of colour um, producing the content, right? Deci- editing, deciding where things are going to be placed. And that is a hugely revolutionary thing. It's m- incredibly radical. Um, and why, why, is it, why did you
1: decide that that was the way you wanted to go about it? That's the only way. I really believe that. For so long, for so long, we we're told to think this way. In day-to-day life, like we were talking earlier about how we're conditioned, and sometimes we don't even realize that we're not speaking for ourselves. So when you have uh, an open space where you can be whoever you want to be, that's where the power is, and. It's not going to be the right story. It's not going to be an authentic story if you don't let women have the power to edit themselves or define who they are in their, on their own terms. And I think that starts the process for us to live our lives that way. Women in general find it really hard to balance the expectations of being in relationships or their community, um, you know, what society says a woman should be. So when you give her that platform and you're like, you go, girl, you do it how you want to do it, that's how it has to be done. And, I mean, there's also
0: this element of responsibility, right? Like um, when you're representing, as someone who has experienced misrepresentation on a large scale um, all the time, there is a sense of responsibility because you know what it's like, Um, I know what it's like to be misrepresented for your community be, to be misrepresented. How do you um, kind of balance that responsibility um, of representing communities in a really thoughtful and meaningful way um, and the pressures of actually producing a whole magazine?
1: <laughs> I think it's just reflecting on how you want to be treated. That's the, the basis of it. For so long, um, even I guess with my history of making my um money through working in government i've seen time and time again how government or agencies want to tell people how it's supposed to be done or we're going to give you this like a template laid out and you fit into it that's wrong from the get go it's about listening to a person's story what's going on in their communities what means something to them their issues challenges their triumphs and making sure you capture that, checking in with them and having respect and giving them the control to go back and edit or change content, uh, making sure that they're happy with it and they, that you get their blessing. That's so important. And people skim over that and they don't realise. Um, how many times have you heard, you know, it could be examples of celebrities, communities, whoever, who have s- sat down with a reporter or a journalist told their story and it comes out churned and it feels like someone stole your soul. Like you've been, excuse my term, but being raped spiritually. It's like, that's not what I said. So for me being um, a strong woman of color, it's my responsibility that I take the time and I make it right. Cause I feel like I have a responsibility that there hasn't been a platform like this before. And I'm not going to ruin it. <laughs> and, you know, I want to make my ancestors, my community proud and my other sisters. So it's about taking that time and just listening and being in the present. You always win that way. And if you get it wrong, you know, I feel like you have that ability to to have a conversation with that person and say, look, I'm, I'm sorry, you know, I probably didn't interpret that right or I didn't, you know, understand that. But please show me, you know, because I'm open and I'm a blank canvas, so just work with me so I can get those skills to better represent my community.
0: Yeah. And I guess
1: also <clears throat> the intentions are different, right? Absolutely. I I work in, I guess, an unorthodox way where when you're coming into a publication or lifestyle, you see it in certain ways, like health, beauty, um, entertainment, etc. but I come back to letting the content guide me, um, the storytellers as well. It makes it easier and I don't want to be defined on, you know, how women's publications should look like. A lot of people have said to me, oh, you know, it doesn't you know look like certain magazines that I've seen or come across. Of course it's not, it's a first, <laughs> no one's doing this and just let it be that way. I, I must admit that I got caught up with trying to mould and fit those sections or the way that traditional magazines have been laid out but I felt funny like you know in your spirit where you feel like you're selling yourself out and I let that feeling guide me um and it's got to be a beautiful process that you enjoy and you have to make sure that passion's still intact when you're doing it um so the women are molding and creating the lifestyle for what ascension woman is I'm still finding out about her <laughs> I meet her every day, a different Ascension woman, and that's the beauty of it, is that, you know, Clio, Cosmo, and all these other magazines are telling you what the woman should be. You tell them, you know, who you are and what you want to be.
0: I'm speaking with founding editor of Ascension Magazine, Sasha Sarago, about the importance of media representation of women of colour on Women on the Line. Go to 3cr.org.au slash womenontheline to download this week's program. Don't forget, you can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter.
1: The name was really important for me. I wanted to leave a certain feeling with women. I wanted them to think about... Before they even open up the magazine, I wanted them to have a conversation with themselves. I wanted to leave some kind of substance with them. So Ascension, it came to me, oh gosh, it was in 2011 when I had picked up a flyer. And that was when I started my spiritual journey. And it was um, a meditation session and it had Ascension. Now, I kind of knew what the word Ascension meant, but I was like, oh, that sounds nice. I like that. It makes me feel a certain way. So I held on to it and then I explored the meaning of it. And so I defined Ascension as the emancipation of self. We don't elevate ourselves. We don't take that time to love ourselves enough. And I want women to do that. I want them to elevate. I want them to ascend to the highest realms of who they are. And we're going to continually evolve. And that's what I want to impart with them, inspire them to keep exploring who they are, uh, redefining themselves. So it felt right, ascension. Like it just rolls off the tongue a certain way.
0: I feel like the stories that you've covered within the magazine itself and even just like the style of photography or just like um, there's a real depth about it. It's artistic, right? There's a lot more creativity. What are your like favourite kind of stories or what type of um, discussions do you kind of lead towards?
1: One of my all-time favourites is our feature article, titled Too Pretty to be Aboriginal. This is a story that I helped drive with a sister girl of mine, Jeralala Harvey, and she wrote the piece. And it's that statement that Aboriginal women from, oh God, the dawn of time, have heard. You'll be out, you know, enjoying an evening with your sister girls and, you know, some guy and a group of his friends come up to you and they're like, what's your background? And you're like, as soon as you say Aboriginal, it's like this silence or really. And then there comes the statement, you're too pretty to be Aboriginal. And it's just like, what makes people think that's acceptable? And it also explores, well, what do you think an Aboriginal person looks like? So we start to delve into that in more detail in this article. And that article in itself is a, a form of healing where women can share their stories and experiences with that, but also educating other people that this is a statement being heard by Aboriginal women, but also of women of colour around the world. You know, I have um, sisters that also shared their stories, you know, that whole statement of you're too pretty to, you know, um, you're pretty for a dark-skinned girl. So, it, you know, same, same feelings. It's like, what's that supposed to mean? You know, why is beauty defined by a Western ideal of beauty? And why do you have a picture of what an Aboriginal person should look like? You're not Aboriginal. How do you know? So those are, you know, one of the feature articles that I'm really passionate about. Uh, Another one is Tap Talk, um, Talking Tattoo. And it's the story of two Papua New Guinea Australian women that go back to their grandmother's province to learn the art of tattooing. And it's beautiful because it's revitalising and bringing back culture that was lost. And they talk about experience of colonization and how it's hard for them operating in two worlds and when they go back home they're too white and when you know when they're in australia they're black so it's balancing identity but still feeling pride and knowing that you know where you come from so that's two of the beautiful articles that we have in ascension that really make me feel proud of what we're doing helping women tell their own stories Women's on the line <laughs> Oh
0: that was Women on the Line. Women on the Line. <laughs> um and for my own curiosity, so the magazine is a digital copy. Um why just digital and not um like a published
1: print magazine or is it accessibility, environmental? <laughs> Yeah, I thought digital media, new media is the way to go for us. I feel like I was making up for lost time. I wanted to reach so many different audiences and also with the women who are featured in the magazine. They come from as far as Canada, New Zealand, Egypt, the UK. I wanted us to connect with other women around the world as well. So digital was the way to go. A lot of people were like, you know, when's the printed copy coming out? And I struggled with that. But my heart tells me that digital media is how I want Ascension to represent our women. Um, Being able to make short documentaries to share and like and make sure that content is shared by the click of a button I think there's something powerful about that. And I don't want to get mixed up in traditional media. Um, I want it to have its own autonomy. So, yeah, digital is the way to go for us at the moment.
0: What kind of responses have you received from people who have read the magazine or mostly women of colour, really? I feel like they're what they think is probably most important.
1: Yeah, a lot of women have just been very grateful and grateful saying thank you for producing a magazine of this caliber. I've also been surprised by people's responses that it's just beautiful, it's clean, it's fresh. Um, It's unlike anything they ever expected. And that, to me, feels like our team won. (laughs) We... I mean, because we were very conscious that we had to go above and beyond because we are representing women of colour. And for so long, we had stereotypes or images that were quite negative about who we are. So I wanted to go, bam, we're amazing. (laughs) Let's take that. Um, So with colour, design, language, yeah, people were just amazed that we could be represented that way. So that makes me really happy.
0: Do you have like any events or achievements or stories that you'd like to plug
1: at all? Yeah, so we're in progress of making a a diversity campaign titled Ascension Matters, hashtag Ascension Matters. So I'm going to the streets and asking my peeps about what diversity means to them, sharing personal experiences about why representation is so important, especially in this country. And we want it to go global, a social media campaign where people can create their own 15-second little video clips, put it on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and share just what it means to have a platform to be represented and what they want to see for change, you know, reflect the world that we live in. So that's coming up very shortly. Also, we're going to launch off with Ascension Woman campaign as well. So we can hear from the Ascension Women. They can tell us who they are, what they look like, so we can really shape and show the world just how amazing we are.
0: How can folks access the magazine and how can they get in contact with you if they want to get involved in, I don't know, helping out or submitting, pitching some story ideas or photos or whatever?
1: So you can go straight to ascensionmag.com and you can click onto the link to get access of The Colour of Beauty, which is our first edition. It's available on Apple iTunes and Google Play, but we're also relaunching our magazine. So we're going to have the first edition available for everyone to have a read of on, across any platform, computer, phone, um, Android tablets, the whole the whole nine yards. But yeah, if you want to pitch to us, you want to be a contributor, volunteer, help support Ascension Magazine, you can hit us up on info at ascensionmag.com and be happy to hear from you.
0: Again, if you want to
1: get in contact with
0: Sasha and the team, jump on ascensionmag.com. You can find the link on the podcast page too. Women on the Line is Community Radio's national women's current affairs program. It's produced and presented by a range of women broadcasters from 3CR in Melbourne and broadcast nationally on the Community Radio Network. We greatly appreciate the financial support of the Community Broadcasting Foundation. We welcome your comments or thoughts on today's show, so send us an email at womenontheline@hotmail.com. at hotmail.com. Our program can be downloaded from our website, 3cr.org.au slash womenontheline, and the theme music for the show is Slideshow at Free University by Letigre. The feature song for today's episode of Women on the Line is called Class Trip by Sampa the Great, who's an amazing Zambian-born rapper based in Sydney. You can check out her music on soundcloud.com Sampa Tembo. Thank you for listening to Women on the Line. I'm original and I hope you can tune in again next time.
1: I've been in a bunch, I underestimate a being in touch with myself. And who the hell was on the other side of self-late
0: night conversations tied to myself? Get out of your mind like a minute I was out of my time. I still